Pretty cool, huh, Morty? Oh. Uh, I thought it was cool. I'll give a f what you think, Jerry. Seven hundred and fifty Rick and Morty pinball machines sold in a four-hour period of time. Can we all stand up and give a standing ovation to Charlie Emery, Scott Denisi, and everyone at Spooky Pinball for accomplishing this feat? I mean, it is pretty incredible. If you think about it, nobody has even flipped this game yet, and the amount of excitement for Rick and Morty Pinball is through the roof. It's in another dimension, and I think it's great, and I think it shows one thing, the power of a theme. When you make a theme that people really, really want, it doesn't even matter, right, if the pinball machine is good or not, and we all have confidence in Scott Denise's ability to make a very immersive, fun video, I said almost said video game, pinball machine, in which the Rick and Morty world is going to come to life under glass. Now, I talked to Ben Heck tonight because he hit me up, and he's like, dude, theme, We've been saying it, theme, 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 and this is case in point. So I'm going to air that interview with Ben. I was like, dude, you want to just talk about it a little bit? So it's a little half-hour show with Mr. Ben Heck, and it was cool. It was cool to talk to Ben, too, because if you remember, Ben Heck was with Spooky Pinball at the very beginning. So I wanted to also ask him what his thoughts were on seeing Spooky Pinball have a day like today, okay? Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Congratulations to all of them. I also need to clarify on my own show because if you read Pinside and you read what people say about me, it's kind of funny. Yes, I am in on a bloodsucker edition of Rick and Morty. No, I am not selling my spot. Yes, my eBay listing for $50,001. If you go search eBay, it is a joke. Have a sense of humor. I made a little joke about how I'd pay an extra $1,000 if Hilton delivered my game and he took it personal and then said he'd offer $100 if, if, they, if they canceled my order. And then I said I'll offer $200 to charity if they cancel his order. It's stupid. People, lighten up a little bit. I, I mean, I'm reading people being like, Canada's toxic. He's toxic. And then someone else is complaining that my last three or four shows have all been about Rick and Morty pinball. Well, newsflash, it's the only damn news thing going on in the hobby. Between this, I, I could cover the, the, the candy codes in, in Willy Wonka. They're, they like hid these codes inside the game. Maybe one of those codes actually unlocks synced up video in the machine itself. That would be incredible. But anyway, today is Spooky Pinball's day. Now, speaking of... How, how long will this last? Because I'm hearing that Stranger Things is going to be revealed maybe Wednesday this week. I don't know for sure. Nobody knows. Stranger Things is, is, has been speculated for weeks. I think it's amazing that Charlie got out in front of the Stranger Things reveal. He's got everyone locked in now, which is phenomenal. He doesn't have to worry about it. He, all he has to worry about now is building everyone their games, which they're going to do because they always do that, okay? Gary Stern's having his webinar on Wednesday. Supposedly, like, he's going to talk about his new platform. I don't know if that means the new game and what's going to happen, but it's not tomorrow. It's probably Wednesday. I don't know even know why they're doing it this late in, in the holiday season. They might as well wait to CES the first week in January. And, and look, here's the other thing, too. Canada never said 
anything negative about Stranger Things. I mean, I'm reading these pin side threads and people just put words in my mouth. This is not a toxic show if you listen to it. And, and, and I don't understand. I never said anything other than that a source of mine said that you're going to have a field day with Stranger Things, both good and bad. That's all I said. I didn't say the artwork was crap. I didn't say the layout was this. I didn't say anything else. And yet everything gets attributed to me. It's so funny. It's amazing. I can't even win. And then there's some guy called Pinball Addict who's like, his Facebook content is just so toxic. And I'm like, bro, why are you friends with me on Facebook then? If you don't like me, leave. I'm totally fine with losing you from my Facebook page. And and I love the people who complain the most about the show. They know every single thing I say on the show. But anyway, Chuck, it's your day. I was super excited. How many of you were like on the page at, at, at 10 a.m. Eastern time or 9 a.m. Central time? How many of you just went on there and watched the, the page load very slowly? I mean, I've, I've never quite seen anything like that before in this hobby. It was like it was like trying to buy concert tickets the moment they go on sale. And it was awesome because that slowdown meant there was nothing but interest in this game. And, and, and for those of you out there who didn't think you had to sign up for the fan club, you were wrong. <laughs> you needed to. All these games are gone now. They're gone. They're gone. Yes, spots will open up. Let's not fool ourselves. People will trade their spots when they realize their game number 623, whatever it is. They will. They will open up. Uh, I have a nice early spot, so I'm looking forward to getting the game. My wait's not going to be too long. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, uh, you know, this is this game will this will be in my bedroom. I know I said this with Willy Wonka. I highly doubt that we're not going to get the voices synced up with with the characters in this game. I, I have a really good feeling about this one since they're working with the creator of the game. And I also just can't wait to get like the, the hilarity of this game uh, in, in pinball form inside this house. Now, I don't know how long the code's going to take to get mature, but uh, Rick and Morty, I'm binge watching it, people. But congratulations. Let's just air this interview with Ben Heck. I think you're going to enjoy it. And we'll be back a lot. We might be doing daily, daily podcasts with the amount of pinball news that's going to break. And here's another, you want another rumor? Look, I'm just going to give you what I'm hearing, okay? You, you can take it to the bank or not. I am hearing that in route to America are more alien machines in new cabinets to go out on location to test them and that these games might be available in the very, very near future. So for you alien fans out there, get ready. The alien invasion is coming. Oh my God, now we've got Alien to think about. We've got Deep Root. We've got Royal Editions. We've got Ninja Turtles. We've got Guns N' Roses. We've got Toy Story. We've got... Ro if your head is not spinning, I don't know when it will because this hobby, it's going crazy, people. I love it. I love it. Are we toxic? We sound pretty enthusiastic and energized and excited about what's going on in pinball. You toxic people, you're the ones who wake up every day. You know who you are. You wake up and I'm living in your head. I just bought a four-bedroom apartment inside Pinball Addict's head. I love it. Thanks for the room, man. Love you guys. Here's Ben Heck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got a little a little bit of a window here with Mr. Ben Heck tonight. Ben, welcome back to the show. Hi, how's it going? 
It's going well. Ben, and, and you just texted me and you said something really, I think, poignant about today's news that Spooky Pinball sold all 750 Rick and Mortys in like four hours. Yeah, it's amazing. That's got to be some sort of record, right? It's It's got to be up there. I mean, Stern sells Ellie's out in a day, and but 750 is a lot. Yeah, I mean, what's I mean when people, when Stern does a seven fifty run of an Ellie, that's usually considered high, and sometimes they have trouble with those. Like with uh, Star Trek, took a while, right? Star Wars was eight hundred, and and it it didn't sell out right away. I, I normally Stern's around four to five hundred for immediate sellouts, and it doesn't happen very often. So, and and you were saying Ben that today Spooky Pinball sold more games in four hours than American Pinball has sold in two or three years. <laughs> um yeah because i listened to your podcast where you're talking about the numbers and i mean if that's you know, if those numbers are true or even if it's around the same amount it's yeah that's uh pretty insane why do you think that is well in all caps theme is all that matters and that's then it? a period a period after each word too you know like like you'd see someone say on the internet i, I well you know um when you think about like where spooky began you know, Spooky didn't have, there was like no money whatsoever. You know, we couldn't afford hardly any art. Um, you know, there was, uh, wait, are you, you know, saying, was, are we, are you saying you could not afford art on America's most haunted, the most beautiful game? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, we didn't spend very much on it. Um, but the thing is, there was a reason for it, you know? Right. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I just keep coming back like – I mean American Pinball is a perfect example. I mean I think you were saying this in a podcast. They make really awesome – the games they make are really well built. You know, They're super solid. There's like so much stuff in Oktoberfest. Right. You know, like Oktoberfest kind of looks like Roller Coaster Tycoon with all of those ramps and habit trails and things. But it, just, it doesn't really matter if the theme isn't there. And that's – See, that's that's the point I always feel like when I look at the hobby, Ben. It's like, why go through the trouble of of starting a pinball company or even wanting to make pinball machines if you don't have a theme people want? Yes. And um, you know how if they have like a like an election poll or something and they're like, oh, you know, this candidate is going to win. Uh, they call like 1,200 people when they do that. Right. And the sample size on pin site is much larger than that maybe the active user like you know the hyper users maybe it is closer to like just a few thousand not like 30,000 or 50,000 or however many members they have but most companies would kill to have that much feedback and why don't you think more companies do that is it just because it would ruin the surprise which is obviously a, a very strong marketing tool well I mean if there's one thing like American pinball can do is surprise people <laughs> <laughs> Um, maybe not in the right way, but, uh, before we talk about, cause I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the theme and, 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 you know, what this launch today and the success of Rick and Morty means for companies like deep root and American pinball. What did it feel like Ben watching spooky have this great moment today? Did it, did it feel great to see them kind of cross the Rubicon and, and have a hot theme that sold out immediately? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, just to, to know how it was in the beginning and how much we struggled, like when I was still, uh, you know, actively making games and then to see how much they've grown and, you know, it's uh, spooky had to kind of get to the point where they could, where they could do that. You know, they couldn't afford much as far as licensing was, was, 
when we when it first started out. Right. Uh, so they had to grow to that point. But yeah, I mean, I, that was the main thing I thought about because, of course, I was you know keeping track of it today and like. You know, I, 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 I knew they would sell out in one day because all you have to do is like look at pin site again. It's not the world, but it's, but of course, pinball is not the world, right? Like for the for the market, pin site is a very good representation of, you know, the market. Right. And, you know, just to see just the last few weeks or when well. They only announced it like what a week ago or two weeks ago. It was only remember. two weeks ago. You got like 44 pages of conversation going. You've got. People basically doing backflips for the theme itself. People watching the show for the first time. And I think also, Ben, it was like the perfect storm of, uh, you know, people knew the game was going to go up for sale. I think Charlie mm -hmm. was pretty specific on how it would work. Driving people to that fang club was pretty genius when you think about it. Yeah, um, I agree. I, you know, the thing is, you know, if you, if you had something like that in the video game world, you'd get eviscerated for it. But again, pinball is a, a different beast. You know, you can you can do things like that, and people love to support it. But didn't video games like that used to be like when you pre-ordered early, you got the game first, and you got a bunch of swag with like your Call of Duty. I mean, that's been done before. It's kind of what Spooky did here. You know, forty-five dollars in in relation, right, to the cost of a pinball machine. Like, what percentage is that? Like, 0.001% of the game just to get early access to it? It's nothing. Well, and if you think about it, I don't know if he intended it this way, but it's very good market research. You know, if you can say, hey, you know, if, the, if this can show us... Well, that's what they do with the video game industry, too. Like, the pre-sales... I mean, obviously, you don't need a pre-sale of video game because you, you can get... Everything's available at launch. Like, it very rarely sells out. Like in the game industry, pre-sales are done to judge interest. So like if they're low or high, they know how much they have to spend on advertising for the game before it comes out. That's really all it is, is market research. Unless you're GameStop and then you base your whole business on it, you know, until you go out of business. But It, it was funny reading the guys on Pinside tonight at like 8 p.m. being like, oh man, I, I just saw the news. It's like, where have you been? Where have you been, Charlie? You know, these guys, it's been two weeks. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, not everyone hangs on pin sides every every post, but you know, I'm, I'm you got to be in it to win it in pinball, right? You can't sleep on this hobby for a couple of weeks. Anything could happen, especially fourth right. quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the Packers, you know, they can always uh, screw up in the fourth fourth corner and uh, snatch uh, what is it? Snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> right. Um, but no, I I was just looking at it and. It just makes me think of like Deep Root and American Pinball. And if you don't have to deal with unlicensed themes and cheap art, why would you choose to? Right. Well, why? I think why? That's the lesson I think that other. I saw some. The reason that I, the reason I thought of it when I texted you is I saw some on Pinside say other companies could learn from this. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's what they could learn. Right. It's well, I guess the question I always had with American Pinball in particular is. If you have enough money to make a company like that, how do you not have enough money to go get a theme? Well, even if you don't have enough money to get a theme, because themes are more expensive than art, you should at least have enough money to get a good art package on it. There's really no excuse. Now, again, you know, 2013, you know, $10,000 for an art package, that's, you know, that was a lot of money, right? Right. But, you know, things change. But, you know, as time goes on, that shouldn't be uh, an issue. Or if you have a lot of money like some of these companies do, yeah, it's like 
I, I, I think Deeper's going to struggle with it too. Like if they have like what three three of their launch titles are original themes or like the first three or something like that. I mean, nobody knows. I mean, right now we know for sure we've got Raza, which is original. Um, we've got that's that's the only confirmed title. I mean, I don't know what the other titles are. I've heard speculations. Um, I've heard they do have some licensed themed games, but. Nobody knows. I mean, and if, if you're Robert Mueller and you're watching this, yeah, it has to be eye-opening a little bit. Yeah, I, I think, you know, everything in pinball time and time again proves that theme matters. Theme matters. Art matters. I mean, it's, you know, like I've heard people say that they'll uh, – well, I won't say – they'll 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 bang a game for the theme and they marry it for the rules. But the thing is, yeah, you got to get in the door first. You know, you have to like – you know, it's attraction. But what about timing as well? Because this was great timing for Charlie because I'm hearing tomorrow we are going to see Stranger Things from Pinball. And, and I also, you know, heard that Charlie probably knew that. And I think he got out in front of it. So isn't timing also important in terms of creating this kind of hysteria at launch? Um, yeah, I, I would say that it is because, um, you know, Stranger Things... Stranger Thing, it is a much more mainstream title than Rick and Morty. Absolutely. Uh, I don't necessarily think it will translate to pinball as well as Rick and Morty. I agree. But it it's... does have a wider demographic appeal. So, you know, I think and I think it's Brian Eddy's return to pinball game as well, from what I've understood. So I I heard it has I heard it has some like ecto goggle kind of hologram mech in it. That's all I know. Oh, yeah, the Ecto goggles. It's too bad that wasn't on a better game. They should just reuse it and use the Ghostbusters Ecto goggles. Just just throw it into the uh, into the Stranger Things uh, game. I don't know. You know, look, it's going to be a crazy 48 hours if we went from 750 sold-out Rick and Mortys to Stranger Things within a 48-hour period. I mean, that's kind of like releasing two blockbuster movies one after another in the same category. I mean, pinball is pinball big enough, Ben, to support all of this. Are people who just lock their money in, are they also going to be able to go get stranger things 24 hours later? Uh, that's a very good question. Although, you know, Stern sells an unlimited amount of games. Although of course they will have a, I'm sure they'll have a limited edition of stranger things. It'll be like the upside down edition or something. Right. Well, and, and, and look, it, they're completely different animals. Stern pinball could finish the run of Stranger Things in just a matter of weeks versus months, if not, you know, it's going to take 18 months for Chuck to finish getting people their games. Stern makes 50 games a day, I think, which is right. cr crazy, right? Which would you rather have? Uh, well, if I cared at all what my niece thought of me, I would get Stranger Things, but I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I now why why don't you think and I, I've aired my opinions about this but why don't you think Stranger Things translates as well as Rick and Morty? Oh well, okay. So I don't really know what the rules are yet. I know that uh, uh, Cactus Canyon Eric is programming it, and then uh, Bowen is doing the you know like the over the overview of the rules. Um, but just just from what I know of the show, uh, you know, you think about pinball. Pinball is something where you've got you know, you've got multiple balls, you've got, you know, you're doing things over and over, you have second chances, 
and whatnot. And I think that really fits well with a theme that has, you know, multiple uh, universes or dimensions or whatever they call it. I think they call it dimensions in that show. Right. You know, there could be different pre- permutations on things. You could try things over. You know, you're you're collecting things. Like, what was the very first episode, right? It was like, oh, go collect 10 mega seeds or whatever, right? Right. And that I just think that sort of thing, you know, really fits. You know, or if you had... Um, you know, if you're like, oh, you failed, but maybe in another universe you've succeeded, right? Something like that. Well, and also, right, every single adventure they go on lends itself perfectly to a mode because a mode in pinball has a beginning and an end, and you're yep. go- you're you're progressing through it. Where in Stranger Things, a little bit more difficult, right? You've got three seasons, you've got different narratives in each season. Uh, it's a more serious show too. I mean, that's for me the main thing is like. It's easy to see how Rick and Morty is going to be laugh-out-loud funny pinball experience. I, I right. don't exactly know the emotional way a pinball machine can pull you in the way the show does because it's just such a such a radically different medium. Well, uh, you, you could say that about The Walking Dead. I mean, that show is grim as hell. I mean, it's basically torture porn. Right. But then, you know, it translated into a really, a really good and popular pinball machine, though – from what I recall, the, the rules on that game seem like they're – they don't really follow the show that much. They're just very, very loosely based upon it. Right. You know, well, like killing zombies and, you know, collecting weapons or whatever. Right. Well, Lord of the Rings is a pretty serious movie, right? And they did such a phenomenal job with that pinball. So, look, you can do it. It's it's a little bit harder to get that right than it is to just bring, I think, hilarity uh, to a pinball experience. Uh, so it, we're going to see. And the other thing that I think a lot of people are wondering is the art package. Cause you, you know, we talk about theme and art. Uh, do you think they're going to miss Franchi on this one? Cause this feels like the kind of theme in which they're going to be beholden to the, the studio, but Franchi's the perfect kind of guy to, you know, at least illustrate the assets you're given that are photorealistic from the studio. What do you, what do you think? Who's going to do the yeah. art? Yeah, I've seen people comment on uh, Franchi in that, you know, sometimes, you know, if he if he does do things by hand, it tends to be kind of ultra realistic. And but that would really fit Stranger Things because you would want like a Drew Strutzman uh, type art package for that because it's basically just 80s kind of stuff. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think if they. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if they're like, hey, Ben, what kind of art, you know, what kind of art style do you think would be good for that? And that's exactly what I would say, you know, kind of like 1980s movie poster art style. I think that's what people would expect. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see as far as who does the art. But I guess, yeah, Franchi is no longer there, I guess. So no, he's not. Um, OK, what another he, thing he I... wanted he wanted to do an entirely different Winona Ryder uh, based property. Beetlejuice. Which... <laughs> yes, exactly. A lot of people said that that was a dream theme what do you think beetlejuice we we talk we were talking about themes on this show do you think beetlejuice would be a hit pinball theme it seems like a lot of people want it um that's one it's not for me i mean i i think about that and i'm like okay that's a movie that i saw on video 30 years ago and everybody had the soundtrack and that's about all i really remember about it and they never made the sequel, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, so it's not like it was really a franchise. There's a broad there's a Broadway show though right now that's pretty successful. I mean, imagine having the pinball machines at, at the theater, all those people coming through every day. Uh, oh I suppose do you really think yeah, maybe everyone will second act and uh and play the pinball machine. Yeah, yeah, there's I don't know. I mean I, I think that Beetlejuice is a I, 
I go back and forth on it. It's it wouldn't be on my top ten by any means of if you're going to go for you know a, a nostalgic movie. I wouldn't start there. Um, what about Superman seventy eight? I mean, these are the ones that Franchi was bringing to Stern as suggestions. I really like the nineteen seventy eight Superman movie. That's actually, I mean, that would be more interesting to me than uh, Beetlejuice uh, right. personally. I mean, you know, for one thing, it has like an amazing soundtrack, which which would be really great on a pinball machine. Um, it is it is pretty old, but of course, you know, Batman sixty six is even older. So, you know, that doesn't really seem to matter so much. One thing I think about with some of these themes is um especially with the 80s themes is like did the theme escape the decade does that make any sense yeah yeah did it like like back to the future escape the decade yes um beetlejuice i'm not so sure necessarily like ghostbusters sure as hell did i mean that's like you know evergreen but then you know you, you could say the same thing about something like rocky four or a top gun and then again you have creed two or uh, a new top gun movie but of course that's after 30 years it's right. not like people talking about Top Gun, you know, 10 years ago. It's like a movie like Warriors is, is an interesting one, right? I, I The Warriors, I don't think, escaped the decade as much. Even though, like, they made a Rockstar game on it, if you made it now, I just don't think it has the following. I think things that have cult followings where they're, you know, people still go to a Comic-Con. It's kind of like, are people still dressing up, right, as the characters well, from those movies? Yeah, I mean, a perfect example would be Big Trouble in Little China. It was a flop when it came out. You know, like movies such as, again, like Top Gun or uh, Rocky IV, you know, just completely demolished it at the box office. But, you know, again, if you go on Pinside, what what, what themes do people bring up? They do not bring up Top Gun or Rocky IV. They bring up, uh, you know, Big Trouble in Little China, even though it was, a, right. it was a flop. And they'll bring up He-Man. I guess also, you know, people are also – Looking at it, like what would just be a great pinball machine, and and See, which movies would become fun for pinball, which is which is different than just what movies escape the decade, right? And it and that's the juggling act with all of these themes, right? It's like you like let's let's take a movie like Titanic, right? Well, right. would that make a great pinball machine? Of course not. And I I really like Titanic. I think it's fantastic storytelling. It's cheesy as hell, but it's incredibly solid storytelling but nobody would want that as a pinball machine <laughs> what, what would the final wizard mode be be like surely she can't sink and like you just got to get yeah and all your, your balls get frozen you know like and then the the lockdown bar gets all icy you could put some peltiers under it and your hands are getting frozen to it it, it should be <laughs> like a machine that you can only play once where the machine itself actually floods there's like a topper filled with water it's like a big like water cooler yeah, thing and it just it would, floods it would the be machine like, it would be like that Banksy portrait or drawing that self-destructed at auction. Right. That'd be That's amazing. Be like. I was going to bring up, you mentioned He-Man um, and we were talking about themes. Like if you're American Pinball and you're talking to Mattel, right. He-Man is right there. You know, why Why waste your time? I'd even say that would, would stern. If you're going to bother talking to Disney about Star Wars, why not talk about Lion King or Aladdin? Like if I guarantee you like a Lion King or Aladdin pin would just – just demolish something like Star Wars and sells everything that's a big Disney movie. Like I meant a frozen pinball machine would demolish and crush it right now. It, it, you know what it is? Yeah. It, the, the I think, I think older Disney would probably do better than frozen, but yeah. Yeah, no, but yeah, but you're just, I mean, we're talking about the classics would just crush it. And it is, it is surprising that there's no Disney classics. There's no classic video game properties. Uh, and, and recently, well, like, 
animation in general, like maybe Rick and Morty will. I mean, because I don't know if you've noticed, but Spook, uh, not Spook, Stern has done a lot of like macabre horror type themes in the last couple of years, and perhaps they have been influenced by Spooky, right? Right. Do you think they're going to make Godzilla, or do they just do that to screw over Charlie? <laughs> ah. Do you think they should give I, it back to Charlie? Because that's I'm on a mission to get Charlie Godzilla back. He, I, I, he deserves I think that's, it. I think that's beyond our purview. So but he just, loves it. He it's like they stole his dream theme. <laughs> well, well, but maybe you know, maybe he's like, "Hey, I got revenge. Look at how fast Rick and Morty yeah. sold out." Like, yeah. you can't tell me that Stern couldn't have gone after something like that if they wanted to. But I'm sure. I mean, look at how many people on Pinside were like, I've never heard of this game, but I'm going to watch it now that I've heard it announced as a pin. Like a surprise, a surprising number of people said that. Do you think that Stern passed on Rick and Morty before Spooky got it? It's entirely possible. It's kind of like a movie script. Everyone's read it. It's just, you know, well, what was it like? Raised Lost Ark? Like what? All, every studio passed on it until Paramount got it. Right. I mean, it's everyone I, reads everything or sees everything. I think it landed with the right company, though. I think Rick and Morty, Adult Swim, number one show. I think Spooky is the right company to make that game. Now, obviously, everybody wishes they could get their game faster than they're going to. But that's part of the deal. Everyone knew that going in today, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's no surprise with Spooky. It's like you will get a game. They won't, you know, run off with your money. But you could wait up to a year for it and it seems like it's been working fine so far what do you I think, think what do you think of hot wheels if that's ap's next theme that's i don't think that's a good idea for a pinball theme uh i mean right off the top off the top of my head it's like this is like an eight-year-old boy who wishes he had a car or a license and he buys this two dollar piece of tin at the store and if you're a 45 year old gen x pinball guy guess what you have a car it, there's, it, there's no wish, you know, there's no, no wish has been fulfilled by that theme right. for the current target demographic. I've, I've said this before. It, it, it needs to eat a pinball machine. Like it needs to be something the Gen Xers will buy for their home. And then something the millennials will put quarters into on location. Like, you know, you live in New York and even though you and I are Gen X, not millennial, like you go to the bars with all the, it's, it's all, it's all like, you know, 30 year olds and 35 year olds, slightly younger people. Right. Right. And do they give a shit about Hot Wheels? Uh, don't make me answer. You can't. Don't you can't interview me. No, I, I look. I said that. I, I think it's, I'm in charge of this inter- interrogation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I look. I'm lukewarm on it. I, I, I know the popularity of the theme for sure. I'm not arguing that you know billions of Hot Wheels are sold and they. they it's almost like an eight nine hundred million dollar year business. I've just. I've always thought that it's a big gamble to think that that fan base will translate over to pinball. And we saw the same thing with like Star Wars, like Star Wars collectors didn't run and go buy these LE machines and put them in their homes. Um, And I'm just not sure that the Hot Wheels collector, the Hot Wheels fan base is going to, you know, be like waiting for this on arrival. The other thing is this, Ben, I'm like, it's also really expensive. I mean, I, I know obviously there's rare hot wheels that are really expensive, but it's, it's a different kind of collector hobby. It's like, it's like, you're not going to bring other hobbies into the niche hobby of pinball, but you can pick themes that will appeal to people within the hobby of pinball. 
Like everyone who says, oh, we should have a Fortnite pin. It's like, that's the stupidest idea ever. Like yeah. no kid is going to stop playing Fortnite long enough to play a pinball machine about Fortnite. Right. Well, that's just the same thing with Hot Wheels. Like if I really wanted to have fun with Hot Wheels, I could go do it for a few hundred bucks and get all the latest tracks and the, the crazy loop-de-loop and jumps and all this stuff. I mean, that could translate really well to a pinball machine, especially with AP being, being willing to do all those cool habit trails and whatnot. See, I think it's going to be an awesome pin for location. I'm just concerned about people wanting to buy it, that it, it will find real estate in people's homes. Because as we go into 2020, that's the biggest issue is real estate. And you got to give people a dream theme to get it into their homes. And we saw that with Rick and Morty today. This is like dream theme. And, I, and, and that's right. my thing is on pin side, during every single thread that's like, list your top 10 dream themes. I don't think I saw anyone ever put Hot Wheels down once. No, I can't recall it. Although, again, then you'll see Beetlejuice all the time. You'll see Big Trouble in Little China. But I still think uh, those themes would outsell Hot Wheels. I mean, I just do. I mean, I exactly. just think they're, more, they're what people want who are in this hobby. I, mean, I, I did this once because I was bored. I was doing a word search counts on Pinside a couple of years ago. And like Iron Maiden was like just way out in front, like like ten thousand or something like that. And this was before they made the pin, right? Mm-hmm. And like there was yeah, tons of Iron Maiden. And then right behind it was Jaws, right? Mm-hmm. Which Stern is rumored to have scooped up years ago. Uh, and then I think Monsters was on there, but it wasn't nearly as high. And but I mean yeah, I mean I, I think Stern is smart. They're like oh look, these people typed Iron Maiden ten thousand times into a website. They only want it because the band has iconic album art but hey let's make a pin and then look how well it turned out right and they just threw that license on top of a a pinball machine that was designed to be archer uh so they you didn't know, Ar- archer would well maybe not now but like five years ago an archer pin would have slayed on location just slayed well that's the thing too when we talk about timing and then i know you got to go ben because you thank you for giving me a little bit of your time tonight oh yeah no problem um, the main thing I think is they hit Rick and Morty at you know pretty much the peak of the show's popularity, um, and it's it's crossed over into being a little bit more mainstream. I mean, we're seeing stuff like Pringles with a Super Bowl ad about you know Pickle Rick Pringles, mm-hmm. and yeah. more and more people are aware of it than ever before. And perfect time to capture that license. Where sometimes yeah, I, I mean, think it's just like South Park in 1999. Yeah, it's, right, uh, right. Yeah. So well, Ben, any. Any final words tonight? If you're, uh, if you, if you want to give some advice to all these pinball companies after what we learned today, is it just theme matters more than people realize? Well, what do they say? The three R? No, they say the three L's of real estate: location, location, location. Right. And, and pinball, it's theme, theme, theme. That is what gets people in the door. That is all they care about. And even if, yeah, even if you love Oktoberfest, I mean, I love to drink. But that, uh, you know what I mean? I think sometimes you have to kind of divorce yourself from, well, I, I love Hot Wheels and, you know, Mattel is willing to talk to us, but uh, does that make it a good theme? You know, even if you have to struggle or, you know, oh God, it's, you know, I, I can't get Kim Cattrall for uh, Big Trouble or, you know, maybe uh, Kurt Russell's agent is, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, doesn't respond to my emails. You know, fight for it and, and go for it because it's worth it. I mean, this is a perfect example. Like, it's it, it might not yeah you know you had to jump through more hoops and like oh I don't know poker run, mm-hmm. but uh, 
it's it's like themes are like success insurance right so yeah no it's it and today made that abundantly clear that a small company from benton wisconsin uh that you know slowly built their company up with 150 games to 300 to 500 slowly increasing you know the popularity of the themes and and they they hit pay dirt today they really did i mean the amount of money that changed hands between fans of Rick and Morty and Pinball and Spooky uh, was amazing to witness. And and I know it was a very emotional day for them over there um, because, you know, and you were there at the very beginning, Ben. I mean, it, you go from meager beginnings to finally, you know, reaching a point in which you can sell a game out in four hours. I think that's an incredible, incredible feat for a company oh, yeah. like that. It's awesome. I'm really happy for them. They, yeah. You know, they had to, you know, they've had to work really hard along the way. And, you know, there's been bumps and challenges and, you know, no game goes super smoothly, but you just have to fight through it. And if you, you know, if you have a chance to work with a great license and you should, you should go for it because, right. you know, I think one more thing, like, you know, TNA, like they had that game at shows for like, what, about a year, right? And people were like, oh, this is really great. You should make this. You should make this. And like everyone's telling Scott to make it. And then Spooky made it. But that's because people got to see it. Like, you know, the demand grew organically based off what people saw with the game. And that's what you kind of have to do. And you see that with something like, um, what was that game called? Dialed In, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you have to sell the game instead of the license selling the game for you. And it's just a great head start that it's, well, like I said, it's success insurance. Right. Well, and there's a lot of amazing homebrew games that are out there. And that people are putting their their passion and their you know their energy into and i mm-hmm. think for these other companies out there you know maybe the next diamond in the rough has been coming to shows all along and instead of banking on these old designers with their old ideas maybe give these new young guys a shot and i think that's resonating with people because i think as much as people also love rick and morty ben i think scott denisi is also a brand and he's and people are fans of him, and and it just a, it all things aligned for them today, and it was just great to witness. Yes, yes, and I, it's kind of it's kind of funny to say that you know it, it's a hobby where like a Scott's probably like what thirty nine. It's it's a hobby where a thirty nine year old person is considered young, but that's just the truth of it. Right. And uh, yeah, it, they I think they you know the hobby or the hobby industry does need to skew younger. Um, eventually, you know, if you want to sell all your pinball machines, so you can move to Florida and die. Uh, you're going to hope you're going to want that the millennials in 10 or 15 years are are interested. I mean, is a 35 year old going to really care about Avira, you know, in 10 years? I mean, no. Yeah, I think I think it is good to start skewing younger. And things like Rick and Morty are a, it's a really good um, gateway drug to uh, like a cross dem- demographic age appeal. Stranger Things will be too. I mean, Stranger Things is nuts. Like my mom watches it, my sister watches it, my niece watches it, I watch it. I mean, I don't like it as much as my niece, but. Um, I think that'll be really strong for Stern as well. Although, yeah, as I said, I'm not sure how well it will. I mean, what what are you going to do? Are you going to collect egos or something? People, or? no, they won't be able to afford the licensing with egos. Um, no, the, oh, that's one more thing with Hot Wheels. Are they going to be able to have real cars? No, nah, like, they'll never get. Not, they'll never get. The thing it, is, it's too much. Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels is all about. Oh, here's a miniature version of that new Ford, or here's a miniature version yeah. of you know like no, the Echo One. That's just they ha- obviously they make all the OEM cars, which are the you know the the manufacturers that we all know about. But the, also, there's so many Hot Wheels that are just like hot rods, right? That are just like originally concepted vehicles. They'll, they'll probably do that. Yeah, um, you're right. 
look, I think people are super excited because we have two games coming out that are contemporary, that are themes that are hot right now, that it's not just old man Gary's like Munster's dream come true. The, yeah. It's not the old curmudgeons. It's young themes for the. I think the majority of people in this hobby can warm up to these themes, and I'm glad. I don't want Elvira or the Munsters just from a theme standpoint. I get that they might be great games and people might enjoy them. But man, I wasn't even born when those things were like yeah, popular. Here, 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 here's something to think about with that. I mean, think about how old something like uh, you know Elvira or Monsters is. You know, it's like what fifty years old, or well, Elvira's well, not that old. She's but, like what early eighties. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, my point is, um, imagine like yeah, because we're like at the same age, right? Like seventy five, I think. Seventy six for me. Okay, yeah. yeah. So now, what if in the late eighties and nineties, or nineties is when they started doing the themes? Like, what if all the themes in the nineties had been like Gilligan's Island or Leave It to Beaver or uh, the Ten Commandments or you know like stuff that was like thirty years old? Would we have been as interested in the pinball machines as opposed to like Terminator Two or Star Trek: The Next Generation? Um, hard, hard, for, hard for me to make that mental leap and and putting those weird. No, I I don't think so. Well, how how well did Gilligan's Island sell when it came out in what ninety one? Yeah, because that was the same year as Terminator. So yeah, I mean, look, it, it didn't sell as well as Terminator two. That's no, for damn sure. Be, but I would just I would say that like entertainment properties, like in the sixties and seventies, those they they weren't nearly as I would say entertaining or as dynamic as more stuff from the 80s and 90s just because back then like tv and movies it just felt like they they were just like stage performances that were filmed versus the dynamic more complex deeper character developments that we got with this is a weird discussion well yeah because we're in the golden age of television right now so television in the 50s and 60s is very uh and people might be nostalgic for it but it's really quite archaic Right. Uh, just from a storytelling and writing perspective than what we have now. And, you know, again, back then everything was broadcast. So, you know, it was, you know, right. under the control of the FCC. So you, you couldn't have a show like Rick and Morty in the 60s. <laughs> no way. No way. Well, Ben, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time. We got really deep there at the end. I got very meta on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. But, Ben, thank you for uh, coming on the show. We'll talk again soon. We're probably going to talk. In a few, we're going to see Stranger Things probably tomorrow, so there'll be more to talk about. But I look forward to getting you on the show to talk more about what you think about these themes. And, and then, you know, maybe somebody will actually play Rick and Morty and we'll know if it's, it's as good as all the hype. So that'll happen too. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. And yes, remember, companies, theme is everything. You heard it there, first and last. Ben Heck. Thank you, Ben. Yep. I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. Yes, sir. All done! Wow! And then it stops existing.